0: Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life
1: by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artisan food makers, farmers, authors, and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious.
0: A very good weekend to you, food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. The delicious conversation starts right here and right now, and I welcome you to my kitchen. Thanks for stopping by. Sit down, have a bite, ask for seconds. That's the greatest compliment for any chef and great cook, don't you think? I hope that this weekend finds you healthy, well, and safe. And do not touch your dial because if you want to cook like a pro, well, then this show is for you. The culinary landscape is ever evolving and I have had the privilege for almost 18 years now to share my passion with you on the radio. On this show, you'll hear from chefs and pastry aficionados, restaurateurs and molecular gastronomers, food bloggers and enthusiasts, farmers and authors and wine geeks and beer experts because we dish on fabulous food and wine and spirits too, plus travel, health and living the best life. And for all those things like we'll travel for food that we're not doing currently, we'll get back to that. But my goal every week is to satiate your appetite. So I hope that you will not miss a weekend of delicious conversation with me. I have lots of gastronomic inspiration posted at chefjamie.com with thousands of free recipes, by the way. And you can find my daily dish, sometimes shameless, but always scrumptious, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. So please become a friend and a fan. And if you happen to have missed a show or you want to master a topic, you can find my podcasts with outlined show descriptions, on iTunes under Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Let's get to the delicious conversation, though. It's time, summer is just about here. And summer corn is such a lovely thing. It really is. This is a summer corn tutorial because I was raised by a corn lover. In fact, my mom put corn in everything she could think of. And one of my favorite uh, memories as a child and something I still make today. In fact, I made it, it, I called it COVID Comfort Cooking was a baked spaghetti dish that my mom used to make. She made spaghetti with really good red sauce and then poured it into a casserole dish with a ton of cheese mixed in, topped the, you know, top of the casserole with cheese and baked it. And so the edges got all crispy and crusty and the spaghetti cooked through even more. So it was just so tender and warming and it fed your soul, no doubt, And she always threw a drained can of sweet corn kernels in to add that sugary, wonderful flavor. There is nothing like summer corn though, fresh off the cob. And you can grill it or steam it or, you know, eat it on the cob, but you never want to miss out on a sweet summer crop of corn. And I've already bought uh, the corn that's at the grocery store, the supermarkets right now. And I have to tell you, it is showing well. Yes, it is super sweet. And if that is uh, any directive as to what we can expect as the weather heats up, well, then we're in for a very good corn season. Nothing says summer quite like corn, maybe because of the veggies' climatic roots. Scientists believe that the people of central Mexico developed corn from a wild grass at least 7,000 years ago. And it's also known as maize, of course, but it spread north to be uh, the, you know, to rather to the southwestern United States and then south to Peru. Uh, Columbus acquired corn from the Indians in America, brought it back to Spain. From there, it spread to Western Europe to the rest of the world, it is now grown on every continent except Antarctica, which I think is fascinating. And what food is more synonymous with a summer barbecue than corn on the cob, right? Now, I happen to love the host of different varieties that are available today. You can find corn in a rainbow of colors, red and pink and black and even purple. And just for fun, before you bite into that cob at your next barbecue, take a closer look because the average ear of corn has 800 kernels arranged in 16 rows with one strand of silk for each kernel. Now that is unnecessary dinner party conversation, as I call it, but you will be a culinary hero if you knew to mention that the average ear of corn had 800 kernels. There are lots of alternatives, by the way, to eating it straight from the cob. So let's start with freshly made cream corn. Oh, yes. You throw fresh kernels that you've cut off the cob. Lay a kitchen towel down on your cutting board. It will keep the kernels from flying everywhere. And I throw the kernels into a saute pan and I add butter. And after a little while, I add some cream and I season. And you heat it through and you eat it. And it's really just that good. Um then of course you want complete yield, right? That's called waste not, want not. And so when you've cut the kernels off the cob, you always want to use the back of your chef's knife, not the blade, but the back portion of the knife uh, to scrape the corn cobs of the corn milk, as it's called. That's that milky liquid that you extract from the cob. And it's a great addition to cream corn and it goes into corn soup and it's beautiful in chowder. Now, you can also boil the cobs. If you want, um, in a pot of water, you'll get a uh, subtly corn-infused liquid that is a great substitute for plain water. Uh, let's say you want to make corn stock. You need lots of cobs, in fact, but it's totally very veggie, and it's a great thing to use as a substitute for water, no doubt. And then if you have more kernels, how about a corn and avocado salsa for grilled salmon or tomato and corn salsa for dipping chips into? I think that scallops and shrimp and crab or lobster, shellfish for sure, pairs well with corn. Summer salads, clam bakes. Um, I love corn soup, hot or cold, alongside a a bitey arugula salad as a meatless Monday dinner. That sounds good right about now. And coconut is a crazy great flavor complement to corn as well. So you could make corn and coconut soup using coconut milk, Oh, yes. Oh, corn and cheddar biscuits. I wouldn't want to forget that as well. Most of all, though, I love grilling corn. And my secret, you guessed it. Yes, I am a mayonnaise fanatic is a coating of mayonnaise on the corn cobs before they go on the grill to lock in moisture. Don't knock it till you try it. It's just that good. And then you could always, you know, uh, sprinkle with Parmesan or make Parmesan basil butter. There are corn recipes galore, by the way, to savor the summer season's bounty and to capture the essence of sweet corn at its peak. Corn cakes, corn salsas, corn chowder, and my maple chipotle grilled corn recipe all posted at chefjamie.com. That is the bonus recipe this week, my maple chipotle grilled corn. And while I used to solicit you for your email address, I have been inundated and overwhelmed with kind notes and recipe requests, so forgive me. We are working on a new process to get the word out to you, but until then, please check out chefjamie.com. You'll find my maple chipotle grilled corn recipe, and you can actually sign up so that you get on my list so that I can start sending you deliciousness. Not too often, I promise, and I will never sell your name or your email address. You have my word. All right, time for more food news this week, courtesy of Burger King. Okay, this is hysterical. You must go online and put in. Uh, let's see what what could you search. I'm going to call it social distance crown Burger King, because they have created at Burger King this headgear that is for social distancing in the age of COVID nineteen. It is a massively wide hat that looks like a Burger King. Crown, of course, intended to keep you six feet apart from other Burger King patrons. And they did it for safety and hygiene, but it is so fabulous. Now, they don't quite reach the recommended six foot circumference unless you and your mate are both wearing them, but they do keep people uh distanced, supposedly. The sad part is that this very funny and fabulous coronavirus-related promotion is only available currently in Germany, so you won't get your hands on one without some extremely unnecessary travel. But I have to tell you, I'd kill for one. They're just amazing. And so check it out. Burger King Social Distance Crowns. Look it up. It's a good laugh, really. All right. My friend Claire Tansy with the warmth of comfort food. And she's making it uncomplicated. You'll love her dishes. So there is lots more delicious conversation, lots more to eat, and lots more inspiration. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. I'll take a quick break and come back. Please don't go away. This is a place for people who love to eat. I'm delivering the world of food directly to your radio. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen here. Are you short on time and long on hunger? Who isn't, right? Maybe you're out of new ideas. Well, we all are at times. Claire Tansy to the rescue. She's all about making delicious dishes, but never difficult. And her cookbook, Dinner Uncomplicated, is one of my all-time favorites. It's the second in her series, and it takes the stress out of home cooking. It's about a happier, easier, wonderful way to get a homemade dinner on the table, Doesn't that sound nice? I'm so proud to call Claire my friend. She is an accomplished chef and a busy working mom and a Canadian to boot. She knows how to make classic dishes by the traditional method. But after years of working in top kitchens and with magazines and in wonderful places... She figured out a better way that doesn't take more time than it needs. So I am delighted to welcome Claire back to the show. I have coined her our uncomplicated expert. So she's here to cook and share her best tips for a smoking hot summer and weekends and celebrations and I'm so glad to talk to you again. How are you, my friend?
2: I am so great. Thank you for that delightful <laughs> intro. So
0: delicious. Well deserved, of course. Um, I know <laughs> you you are still locked down. We are. But doing good stuff, I have to say. I mean, I know you're cooking up a storm and, and we'll talk about your new online cooking classes virtually. So fun. Uh, but I wonder if you have embraced summer And what you crave at the start of summer.
2: 100%. As soon as the weather turns, and it's usually quite quick here in Toronto where I live, as soon as the weather turns, I want to be grilling. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I'm not alone. Um, But I love to have some kind of grilled fish. And in particular, my number one favorite is salmon that is cooked on a cedar plank. So we call it cedar plank salmon. Mm. Have you ever had that, Jamie?
0: Yeah, actually make it all the time. I love a cedar plank. I make it all the time. I make everything with smoke that I can get my hands on, Claire, (laughs) because I too am a girl at the grill. um, And I will tell you there is something about a cedar plank with fish. I'll use it with chicken. I use it with everything. I mean, I even will use it in place of smoking chips if I Mm. don't have chips on hand just because... That plume of smoke that a board creates can almost—I don't think it can be duplicated.
2: I agree, and I don't think—I don't think salmon has a finer moment than when it's been cooked on a cedar oh, plank isn't on a barbecue. That true. Yes, and I do it up Canadian style with some maple syrup and a bit of dijon mustard, Ooh. and it is heaven on earth. And okay, the kind other of thing is, it's also great. Room temperature or even chilled. Yes, so, or wait.
0: By the way, the rest of the rest of the leftover smoked salmon, which I know that doesn't exist because that's like leftover wine. <laughs> Who has that? But I'll blend right? it with a little cream cheese, sour cream, maybe even mayo, and make a smoked salmon dip or a spread with the last oh. few bites.
2: Out of this world. It's always worth doing a double batch.
0: I agree entirely. <laughs> yes. Okay. See, we're always on the same page. Now mm-hmm. you said maple <laughs> Dijon, which really, it's. I, I'm not meaning to mock. But that is a testament to why you are dinner uncomplicated. Because <laughs> I make a bourbon maple glaze, and it's mm-hmm. it's got the same ingredients you mentioned, plus many more, and it has to cook down for 45 <laughs> minutes. And it's delectable, but mm-hmm. it's that is definitely a Claire Tansy moment where you know you do maple syrup and Dijon and your salmon is just as darn good if not better <laughs> i'm sure so you're you're preaching your own wisdom <laughs>
2: it's it's true well it's truly the way i like to cook because you know i've got a busy life and i love to cook and i love to eat with my family and my friends but at the same time I love getting delicious results with as little effort as possible. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's exactly it. I, you know, if, if I can skip a step, if I yes. can streamline something, if you I do can, it. you know, use one pan instead of two, I am all over it. I,
0: I, I, I will say, and you have been very uh, consistent with your <laughs> cause and it's proven, it's, it's done you well, uh, it's proven <laughs> successful. And so we're all on board. Let's cook. By the way, I just have to mention, uh, and, and this is something quite extraordinary too, Jacques Pepin, who is still mm-hmm. cooking daily and I think is oh, just yeah. wonderful, recently did a social media post about how you really need to think about how you cook so that you limit the amount of work. And it's really what you're saying too, if you can use one pan instead of two. He talks about yeah. using the food processor or the mixer. Do the dry mm-hmm. things first so that you just wipe the, the food processor out. Yeah. And then yeah. do whatever the next batch of things is, right? So that we're not washing the dishes or running the dishwasher or doing more work than necessary. And it's not just, just a beautiful
2: thing. Like thank that? you. I, it's I a mindful thing. I love it too. It is. It is. And and when you think that way, and you know what? When I teach, it's always those little tips that people sort of respond to the most enthusiastically. Yes. They're like, oh my gosh, yes, that makes so much sense. Why did I never think of it that way? Um, and it's, I, I love, I love to hear that, you know, I mean, Jacques Pepin, such a wise chef, I've learned so much from him. So have I, Um, yes.
0: No, but it's, it's sometimes we just need to be reminded by, by the greats or otherwise that there is oftentimes a a smarter, more successful, Mm -hmm. efficient, stress-free way to do it. And it does, it does open up your horizons for sure.
2: Okay, let's, I have to tell you that yes. just before we move on, that Jacques Pepin gave me one of the quotations that I basically have built my career on. Mm. I heard him once speaking into a small group, a little book group, and he said, the thing about cooking is even if you mess up, you get three more chances tomorrow. Huh. And I thought, oh, bless you. What yes. a
0: statement. Oh, I love yes. that. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's fabulous. Okay, I'm just basking in cook. that for a moment. Now
2: we can cook. Thank you.
0: What else comes off the grill? Yes, cedar plank salmon. What else do you crave during the summer?
2: Yeah, steak. I, I live and die for steak. Uh, I mean, I love I love the beautiful ribeyes. Yes, I, I love the too. plank steaks.
0: Mm-hmm. Ooh, um, skirt, hanger. Lo- love it all. Yeah, you name it. Okay, so yeah. um, the Thai steak salad that I know from Dinner Uncomplicated, is that the
2: weekly uh is that the weekly dish on rotation we go back and forth between two steak salads um in the summer my thai steak salad which is got all those beautiful flavors of thailand you know lime juice chili a little bit of brown sugar nice um and that is made on a salad with just a little bit of cabbage and some mango so really very special and and crunchy and refreshing and then I also do a steak salad with a ribeye and arugula, and I do a pesto vinaigrette with that. So although they're sort of both conceptually a steak salad, they are so different, and I love them both so much.
0: Yeah, one is, is seriously hearty. Like when you when you do a ribeye over greens, it's got to be a, either a rough-and-tumble green, as I call it, right? It has to have some girth to it yeah it's an
2: integrity yes
0: or it has to be peppery like arugula and Mm. and stand up to that steak but then the the thai steak salad because i've been craving spicy that sounds luscious to me oh claire you're making me hungry please pause there when we come back more uncomplicated comfort food with claire tansy you and me chef jamie gwen in your radio be right back pesto that is a a a definite summertime highlight for me so I have come to add every herb known to man or growing as a weed in the garden to Mm -hmm. my pesto because I think pesto is far more than basil Mm -hmm. and it's it's my pastime right I have jars of pesto by the end of the (laughs) summer that I've covered with a little bit of olive oil and there's just something wonderful about mixing it into scrambled eggs in the morning, or spreading rustic bread for a grilled vegetable sandwich, or as you mentioned, topping a salad, or even a steak, or mixing it into like, make a compound butter. How do you make your pesto?
2: I mean, I think pesto is always a good idea because, like you say, it just goes with pretty much everything. My go-to is parsley, okay. and that's because as I don't have much of a green thumb, and my basil—I've had one good harvest of basil <laughs> from my home garden once. Once. So, but my parsley is always really hearty and really yes. thrives a lot, and so I make parsley pesto, and nice. I do it with walnuts. Oh, parsley you do and walnut pesto. Yeah, that's oh, a lovely
0: combo. And
2: yeah, out of this world.
0: I do pistachios. Oh yes, amazing! And, I'm, and I mix my herbs, so it's got parsley most as the most often as the base, and then it's got some basil. Although I too struggle with growing basil, the snails love basil, but opal basil, purple basil, is very hardy, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. no one likes to eat it but me, like as in humans. <laughs> so I find that that it, that it lives longer, um, which is a good thing. And then I mix my yeah. herbs. I'll throw mint in. I'll put yeah. cilantro in, right? I mean, yeah. any soft leaf, I think, yeah. has a place in pesto.
2: I agree. Yeah. And then for, I, you say you keep it in jars. I actually pack mine into little Ziploc bags and put it in the freezer.
0: And oh, it's so just smart. Last and
2: last and last. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's really brilliant. Do you keep the vibrant color too?
2: It, yeah, the, well, the thing is with parsley is you can't you can't beat that vibrant color of it. That's true. You it. can't. Like, it is huh? green forever. Oh, it um, is. So yeah, it always looks great. Yeah, oh, that's mm-hmm. fabulous.
0: Oh, I love that. Okay, as much as I think it's funny, as much as you just said you're a diehard steak lover, when <laughs> I think of you, I think of your cooking as having a really nice vegetarian edge. Like mm. you have a lot of vegetarian counterpart kind of recipes that I've always loved and embraced. And so it's almost funny to me for me to hear you say, oh, steak all day long.
2: <laughs> you know what? I think it's because steak is one of my, I have seven splurge ingredients that I think, you know what? D- yes. Do everything. Throw everything you got at it. And it's steak is one of those ingredients. And so I think for that reason, it kind of means that we eat, l- we eat it less, right? Yes. Because and I savor want it. it. To be, yes, oh. completely. And so, yeah, we eat. We do eat meat, but we eat a lot of vegetarian and a lot of vegan. Um, it's just I, I find it interesting. It's not out of any particular philosophy, but I just really love to mix up my flavors.
0: And I say and this, I, I agree with you. I say this all the time on the radio. I am far from a vegetarian, but I sure feel really good after a vegetarian meal.
2: <laughs> I do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And as a cookbook author, I also have to be sensitive to that. I have a lot of people who... Uh, have gone full so vegan or are vegetarian or at the very least are trying to eat a little bit more vegetable based and a little less meat. So, um, when I wrote my new book, Dinner Uncomplicated, I wanted to make sure it was forty percent vegetarian friendly. Mm. And so it is.
0: And and it is. So what's your mm-hmm. best vegetarian recipe, al fresco?
2: My favorite for the summer is a completely vegan chickpea and rosemary nut burger. Really? And I know it sounds like, oh, nut burger. No, no, no. I don't know about that. <laughs> That's,
0: that sounds delicious to me. And, and think outside the box. Like, it sounds different. I want to taste it.
2: Yes, think outside the box and inside the can, the can of chickpeas. Okay. And you make this mix up. Again, it's got walnuts in it. I, I'm, I'm loving love the walnuts, walnuts this, yeah. this year. Good. Little bit of fresh rosemary, tons of lemon. Mm. And I used to bind it with eggs. And then I thought, well, can I take the eggs out so that it's completely plant-based? Of course, the liquid that the chickpeas are packed in has a natural binding quality to it. Yes. And so you don't even have to drain and rinse the chickpeas. You You just just dump the whole whole can? can? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, Yeah, and so they are really delicious. And they have, because of the rosemary and the walnuts, like they have a nice heartiness to them. Throw those babies on a bun with all your traditional toppings, your lettuce, your tomato, your pickles, whatever. Oh, I love Outstanding. that. Outstanding. Out of this world. Really highly recommend them. They're so yummy.
0: So smart. You bring new meaning to uncomplicated every time we talk. <laughs> and I love that. Just dump the whole
2: can of garbanzo
0: beans with all the gush. Yeah, I, I'm right. in. I, it's fabulous. Okay. Um, did you know, um, and mm. I, I've quoted it before, but I decided to double check myself. Statistically the word chicken is the most searched word when it comes to a recipe search on the internet ever.
2: Yeah, I'm not
0: surprised. Not surprised either, but still proving that everyone is looking for a new chicken recipe and so I look to you.
2: Mm -hmm. And yet, do you know that the the question I get asked the most Mm. in all of my classes from all of my students and all my readers, how do I know when my chicken breasts are done without cutting into them?
0: Wow. But, so, you know, I'll I, tell you from time in professional kitchens, and I think you'd say this, too. When you get to your thousandth chicken breast, you know.
2: And that is what I say. And in fact, I love to teach that. I recently did a whole like a whole roast chicken class. And I said, well, at first, you, if you've never done it before, sure, use a thermometer. But I also want you to look at all use all your five senses. Yes. And when you know that chicken is perfectly cooked. How does it smell? How does it sound? Mm-hmm. How does it feel when you poke it? Mm-hmm. How does it, you know, what? How does it smell? Like, look and use all of your senses because exactly as you said, Jamie, when you you've roasted your one thousandth, you, know, you in know your bones when yes. that's like gonna start. Yeah, no, it's very true.
0: And and off the grill, I think it's a little bit easier. You know, you know how long things take. Uh, it, it's masterable per se. It is. is. Um, And I I love a chicken breast on the grill, but it has to be juicy. So best chicken recipe. Yes.
2: So my favorite is it's a really, you won't be surprised. It's a really simple recipe. It's lemon juice, lemon zest, some fresh garlic, um, and a little bit of oregano. And I marinate chicken in that. I actually, um, I do a bunch at once. So I do like I'll buy a whole huge family uh, pack of Exactly. And I prefer size, but breasts work equally as well. Boneless, skinless. And I put them in my freezer bags and I put the marinade in and then it marinates as it saws.
0: Yes. because And then I just
2: throw those babies on a clean grease grill, serve them with uh, pita breads, Mm. maybe a bit of tzatziki if I've got it, nice Mm. fresh salad. Out of this world. Fabulous. there's, There's something about lemon juice and chicken, right? It's, it's a good marriage. It's it a very is. Good marriage. And
0: it's also a tenderizer. And I love that you freeze in the marinade because I very much believe that when it's thawing, the pores yeah. of that protein open up and it takes mm-hmm. on more flavor. You get almost like a, uh, uh, if you were to cryovac or like a, a sous vide yeah. concept of you get in more intense flavor in yeah. that bag for sure. Yeah. Oh, and I want to put out garlic spread with your pita and that chicken. Okay
2: yeah sure that sounds can great. I bring that, that to the party uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah I'd love to okay I good I, I can't
0: wait <laughs> uh, that sounds fabulous and super simple uh, but de- yeah. delicious absolutely delicious um, and then uh, leave us with a salad unless you of course you have a great grilled sweet I love dessert off the grill by the way um, but is there a summer salad that um, that floats your boat like, well, what, like I, you a green, know what? I wanna, not a green salad, like a, no, I should say okay. side dish. Sorry. Is there a summer side dish that floats your boat?
2: So for me, I I can never get enough coleslaw. I love coleslaw. <laughs> I do too. We eat, I love cabbage for very many reasons. It's so good for you. It's so affordable. It's a great way to practice your knife skills. It lasts forever in the fridge. But I really got into Napa cabbage again recently and um, I just love making a really very straightforward, crunchy coleslaw.
0: Before I let you go, though, uh, you're doing virtual cooking classes online, and I have heard that they are fabulous. And I expected nothing less.
2: We do. We, I do a lot of fun stuff online. We do everything from like simple back pocket dinners, weeknight dinners, if you're just trying to bust out of your rut. Fun. I do a summer camp for kids, kids, tweens. I think your tweens should be cooking you dinner by the time they're 11 or 12 years old. I agree. And we even do fabulous cocktails and special date nights. So there's lots of fun. And I just, I have been loving them. And I love it when my students say to me, I love having you in my kitchen and in your voice in my kitchen. So oh, congrats great. to
0: you! I think that's a wonderful Thank launch. You. Kudos! I love Thanks. it. Uh, let's share it so you can follow her at Tansy Claire T A N S E Y C L A I R E. You can learn more on the web at clairetansy dot com and in Dinner Uncomplicated by Claire Tansy. You will find recipes that bring joy to everyone in the house. So please get the book and start cooking because it is fabulously uncomplicated, really. Uh, thank you again, Claire, for coming. Thank you for being my friend and for gracing oh, the radio waves. And Thanks um, for being
2: my friend and having me
0: on. I can't wait to get through summer to get to the end of summer, but, I, but I'm going to savor every day. I am. That's a good one. My vibe <laughs> for the summer, fun and refreshing. Ooh, Let's fun and that. refreshing. Cheers to that. I can I can find a cocktail for that. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. You stay well. Thank you again. You too. As the delicious conversation continues, there is so much more to feed your soul right after this, Chef Jamie Gwen. Please don't go away. the grill and get ready for some fabulous flavor chef jamie gwen in your radio do you want to make the most award-winning barbecue sauce in the world well of course you do Raise sheehan is sharing his recipe. His Memphis Mop barbecue sauce won Best Barbecue Sauce in the World and the Award of Excellence from the National Barbecue Association. His first cookbook, Award-Winning Barbecue Sauces and How to Use Them, has just released. And if you want to kick up the flavor, he is creating sauces for your repertoire that will bring a whole new world to your cookouts. Ray Sheehan is here, and we're making award-winning barbecue sauces with him. I'm very glad to have you, Ray, and kudos to you. You are a darn good cook. I have to tell you, I can't wait to cook from this book.
1: Wow, what a great introduction. Thank yeah. you so much. Well, and well-deserved. Thank you for having me.
0: Well-deserved. We have friends in common. Um, you certainly are a member of the Elite Barbecue Society. When Tuffy Stone endorses your cookbook, I think you made it, Ray.
1: He's my idol. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, you know, to have a Barbecue Hall of Famer, actually two Barbecue Hall of Famers endorse your book. Yes. Uh, Artie Davis um, as well. And, uh, you know, I'm just very grateful uh, for that. I worked really hard
2: yeah, well um, on deserved this book
1: to bring people the, the flavors and and uh, hmm. rubs and sauces and brines, but mostly the sauces. You
0: know? I, I think this is going to be the new Bible uh, because you create what many call unforgettable barbecue. And I'd like to start at the beginning, if you would. Give us a little bit of background on sauces. So at the start of the book, you list which I think is just really well done. You list all of the sauces and their regions and they're broken down. And I think it's a really good way to understand, right, that um, North Carolina makes very different barbecue sauce than Kansas City.
1: Yeah. And, and even in, within uh, North Carolina, there's a few different types of sauce. And let me tell you, everybody thinks theirs is the one. <laughs> <So> <laughs> of course. It was, it was very difficult choosing which sauce I was going to do. The sauce that I ended up choosing was more of a Western uh, North Carolina sauce because it's a little bit more versatile and it does have a tomato base. So I can use it on uh, so many more things and in sure. different uh, recipes versus like the traditional, just uh, straight up like a, like a vinegar style, uh thinner sauce. Um, and, it, and not everybody knows the difference between a Kansas City or a North Carolina, you know, and, and that's why in the title I put Sweet and Smoky Kansas City Barbecue Sauce.
0: Yeah, that's my give people kind.
1: an idea of what mm-hmm. to expect for that chapter.
0: Yeah, it's smart. And, um, it's smart. And then with that sauce, you make uh, a handful of recipes that you then share for inspiration to sort of uh, take that flavor to new heights. Um, I happen to be a great big fan of two specific kinds of barbecue sauce. So I'm a mustard barbecue sauce girl, Ray. I love oh, the great. I love the tang and the sweet. And then if you give me Alabama white barbecue sauce, I will be your friend forever.
1: The Alabama white is distinctly southern. It is so versatile and oh. so delicious. It's, yeah, it's true. It's got that like little bit of a peppery bite to it. Hmm. Um, I I want to show readers uh, and you know and cooks. Uh, what to do with it. And that's the theme behind all each chapter is not only is this a great sauce, but then here's five different ways you can use it. Yeah, which is so smart. Glazing. It's not just, you know, dipping. We want to build layers of flavor too.
0: Yeah. No, uh, Chris Lilly of Big Bob Gibson's was the first to grace this show and talk up white sauce. And of course you dip a chicken in it and you do a smoked chicken half. But then yeah. you make a creamy white barbecue slaw and you mix it into pasta salad and you make a grilled vegetable crudite um and that makes you a barbecue genius I have to tell you um recipe after recipe Ray I can't tell you uh, again you are a damn good cook and to share the knowledge and the wealth is is really brilliant um kudos to you your sauce is first on the agenda and then uh, everything else will follow suit Um, I can't wait to grill this summer with you in air quotes. And uh, I wish you continued success. Of course, will you come back as you develop new sauces and grace this show again, please? Oh, my God. Absolutely. I'd love to have you. Let's uh, let's have you back before the summer season, you know, is in full swing. And maybe you can teach us start to finish um, a, a summer inspired sauce and a a couple of dishes that go along with
1: it. That would be wonderful. I'd
0: love it. The book is called Award Winning Barbecue Sauces and How to Use Them. It is just released and getting crazy great accolades on Amazon. Ray Sheehan, S H E E H A N, the book Award Winning Barbecue Sauces. And of course, you can follow at Award Winning BBQ Sauce. Ray, I'll talk to you soon.
1: Thank you so much.
0: And so that brings us to the end of another hour of gastronomic inspiration. And if food is your fetish, well, then I certainly hope that I satiated your appetite. I will leave you with my last bite, I like to call it, my last ounce or tidbit of culinary conversation for the hour. And of course, I'll meet you here next weekend, of course. I kicked off the show screaming for ice cream, talking about the start of summer and different ways that you can make ice cream, especially without an ice cream maker. Well, here's the bonus. My last bite recipe, just four ingredients. Well, the salt doesn't count. Just three, in fact. For a homemade ice cream that is so easy and so fun and so whimsical to make with your kids or adults alike for a backyard barbecue, it's no churn and it's super simple. You take heavy cream, some sort of sweetener, preferably granulated sugar here, and a bit of vanilla with a pinch of salt and you put it into a half pint mason jar and then you seal the lid tightly and shake vigorously for three minutes. I like to do this at the start of a family party or a dinner party or a backyard barbecue. Pass the jar around and let everybody shake. Then you remove the lid and you dip a spoon in and the mixture should be thick. It should coat the back of a spoon. We call that in French nappe. Not too thick like whipped cream, but, you know, reasonably thick. Then you seal the jar and you freeze it. And by the time you are done sipping and savoring great wine... Or brilliant beer, or beautiful cocktails, and have enjoyed dinner al fresco, your ice cream is ready. It's just so good. And I will post my Mason jar ice cream recipe on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. I hope you'll follow my daily dish. If you happen to have missed a show, podcasts are posted under Food & Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen on iTunes. And I'm always serving up seconds with thousands of free recipes at chefjamie.com. I will meet you here next weekend. I thank you for listening. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off. I hope you stay safe and healthy and that you continue to eat well.